That was uh, Zach Leary, uh, podcast of futurists, uh, and uh, all-round interesting guy. I mean, think about it, Phil. Imagine being the son of Timothy <laughs> Leary, and uh, I, I don't know that he spent most of his childhood with his father. I think that he did, and uh, all the interesting experiences uh, he must have had in his discussions with his father and the people he met. Uh, amazing story, and he, he seems a very together guy. Yeah, <laughs> we can joke about it. I mean, you could just think of the contact highs, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, can you just imagine? I mean, I knew people who knew Timothy Leary. I, in fact, one of them took me up to the house um, where a lot of the. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the movie he discussed, um, Dying to Know, was filmed because uh, uh, there were a lot of people gathering at uh, Timothy Leary's home as he was dying. And uh, I happen to know some somebody who would go up there a lot, and I went there. It was fascinating, just the conversations. And, um, you know, what... You're right. I mean, that's an amazing childhood. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I would say that uh, uh, Timothy Leary, known for his <clears throat> work and, and popularizing uh, psychedelics, but he was a intellectual giant, as was uh, yeah. his uh, his partner uh, uh, of many years in the psychedelic world, uh, uh, Richard Alpert, now known as Ramdas, and these guys yeah. were, you know, uh, Harvard professors at the top of their uh, game intellectually. And, and one right. could argue now, especially, that they were way ahead of their times because uh, psychedelics uh, got a bad name after the you know mid-60s or whatever because of all the recreational use and some people having very bad experience with it. But prior yeah. to that, it was being researched very thoroughly to help people with psychological problems. And now that research yeah. continues and they're coming up with very good results as, as uh, was indicated in our interview on our podcast yeah. with uh, Anthony Bossis, who's a psychologist. Yeah, that's a good uh, interview people it. should listen to. No, it's fascinating. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think we realized when we were young in the 60s and you know, people were passing around LSD and, and psilocybin and mescaline and all that, that you know, 10 years, 15 years prior to that, Serious uh, scientists were doing research on the effects of these uh, chemicals on the brain and, and the influence it might have in treating mental disorders and, and that sort of thing. And when, when the um, expansion of consciousness element was introduced, it was just this perfect storm with the counterculture. Mm -hmm. and, and so Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who were, as you said, were world-class uh, researchers in psychology, um, you know, it, it sort of escaped the lab and went into the streets and uh, things got crazy. Yes. And, as, you know, there was a lot of bad, uh, bad trips and a lot of bad uh, carelessness uh, in the use of it. And so it ruined the scientific enterprise. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there was something called the Concord Prison Experiment that was conducted uh, between 1961 and 63 in Concord State Prison, which was a maximum security prison for young offenders in Concord, Massachusetts, where they used psilocybin, you know, a psychedelic yeah. to see if they could help prisoners. Now, uh, who knows what would have happened 
had the recreational usage of uh, uh, use of of, uh, of psychedelics uh, not become popularized, and and uh, maybe Timothy Leary's work uh, and uh, advocacy for some of that caused that, but uh, it, it could have very much been useful in treating uh, people with uh, sociopathic tendencies or psychological problems. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, you know, uh, we, we have, and our listeners should know, uh, uh, attempted to get uh, Richard Alpert uh, Ramdas on our show, but he's not doing interviews anymore. He had a stroke a number of years right. ago. and uh, But I uh, would love to pick the, his brain and the brain of many from his uh, generation because it was, it was really fascinating yeah. what they went through. Yeah. Um, and for people who think, oh, you know, that's over-romanticizing, I think it could have this kind of therapeutic influence, I would, I would say you're thinking about it because of all the recreational use and abuse. Right. But, you know, think of how much pharmaceutical companies are cashing in on the, you know, uh, psychoactive medications from whether it's Valium or antidepressants or antipsychotic drugs that people in mental institutions and jails are being given. Why not these? Right. You know, these may be more effective and less harmful. So who knows? Right, right. I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, one could argue that uh, with psychedelics, at least there was an attempt to elevate or expand consciousness. You could argue that that's not the result, but I think I think the jury's still out on that, and there is evidence yeah. that it can be helpful. Whereas some of these other drugs that they prescribe just dull the mind. I mean, the the drugs they're giving kids in school because they claim to be hyperactive. Many of them just normal yeah, kids yeah. with energy uh, and dulling them for life. So uh, it, it's so it's, I want to uh, I want to say that. I think you and I are now being guilty of something Zach Leary has probably experienced his whole life, whereas, you know, we were talking to him, and I want to talk about our interview with him, and it ends up being about his father and psychedelics. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, about that's probably something he's had to well, endure. Uh, yeah, but, but what I wanted to say, what impressed me most about today's interview was how together Zach is and how uh, he really seems to have taken from his father, taken from Richard Alpert, other people he met, uh, and really uh, seems like a real solid citizen, very Mm -hmm. committed to his spiritual practice, and at the same time, very practical in life, very clear and coherent in his his speech. I was extremely impressed with him, and and I'd like to get to know him better. happy to hear that. Yeah, no, I mean, he he was very together and very articulate, and I'm sure he, he probably still does get annoyed having to talk about his father so much, but he, he seems, he, here's the point I'm trying to make, I guess, he seems to have taken uh, what his father learned and gone beyond that, taken it, gotten what was well, ever good from what his father honed in on, and then, and then went beyond that, and also, uh, you know, learned from uh, Ram Dass. I, I agree. I had the same thought, is, you know, there's, I don't know how many people in the world uh, would reflect the influence of both of those people to that degree, because uh, I mean there may be others, but um, I don't know them. But because those are two iconic figures mm-hmm. who represent two uh, a similar origin story in terms of 
you know, what they became and then diverged in many ways. And I think you're right that uh, kind of uh, absorbs uh, some of both of them. And, I, and that uh, occurred to me toward the end of the interview when he, when he mentioned that he's uh, a, a futurist who's very much interested in technology and, and the future of, of where technology will bring humanity because Timothy Leary was very much like that you know we mm-hmm. think of the psychedelic era but he was he was on the cutting edge of a lot of thinking and a lot of advanced technology and the implications of it uh, well into his you know into the 80s and 90s he died in the mid 90s so that's mm-hmm. interesting right and I think uh, uh, I'm the film that was mentioned in our interview uh, uh, the uh, dying to know I'm looking. You've seen it. I'm looking forward to see it because uh, see, I'm looking forward to seeing it because uh, one of the things I think uh, that Timothy Leary and and uh, Ram Dass uh, are and were interested in is uh, the ultimate mystery, death, and approaching that and how one should yeah. approach what they might think about it. And so, uh, knowing that he was in his final days, I would very much uh, like to hear the discussions yeah. between those two. Yeah, it's very, it, that part of it is fascinating. So I, I would recommend it. Um, recommend it very much. And it was also interesting to to uh, get him to talk about the Hanuman Chalisa and mm-hmm. uh, Bhakti. Uh, we've had other people talk about the Bhakti path, and I would recommend to our listeners uh, tuning into the interview with Radhanath Swami. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, with um, uh, um, Gadadara Pandit Dasa and a couple of other people who have uh, spoken about bhakti and uh, as a path and and its different manifestations, but in this case we 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 got talk about the uh, Hanuman Chalisa and the, the figure of Hanuman in Indian mythology, and that was. I thought the answer was very good. Very good. All right. Well, many more interviews coming up. And he is, I have often said this, I look forward to second and third interviews with many of our guests uh, and certainly with uh, with Zach Leary okay. because there's so many more places to go with it. So, all right. Till next time. Okay. Over and out. Bye.